0: All right, everybody, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Newt News. Uh, The Cardinals are coming off of a really good road trip, so that was very encouraging. Uh, Over the weekend and then through this week, the Cardinals went on a little six-game road trip before they head across the pond for the London Series against the Cubs, and they took two or three against the Mets after dropping the first game in non-competitive fashion, which extended their losing streak to six games. Uh, The Cardinals got right back on it and actually played really well after that. They took games two and three and then took the first two against the Nationals before, unfortunately, uh, losing their four game winner and falling three nothing yesterday in the final of those games. They're currently in the middle of a two day off period leading into the London series. I believe they're over there right now. Lots of sightseeing, lots of fun stuff going on. So awesome for the team to just have a little bit of time to hang out and bond. Um, But yeah, so we're going to go into those games in a little bit further detail, discuss some important things, preview the London series, and then also the important stretch afterwards where the Cardinals are going to take on the Marlins and Astros, I think. So it's going to get very exciting very soon. All right, Andrew, was there anything really that stuck out to you this weekend about the way the Cardinals played?
1: Yeah, so game one against the Mets, they faced Tyler McGill. uh, This season has a 5.17 ERA, negative 0.5 b war. So naturally, uh, he went six innings with one run against the Cardinals. But fortunately, we managed to take games two and three against Kodai Senga and Carlos Carrasco, two much better pitchers. Hmm. Um, It would have been really nice if we could have made Tyler McGill look like the pitcher that he actually is. But, unfortunately, we made him look like one of their top-tier aces in their prime, uh, which is not great. Uh, Washington series was more encouraging. Game three, losing 3-0 to get Trevor Williams, again, making him look like prime Strasburg. Not good. Um, but that tends to be the Cardinal way these days. You score a lot of runs one day, and then you just fall flat against not a good pitcher. But we're, we're winning games, which is improvement.
0: Yeah. I mean, not to make excuses for the team or anything, but that last game against the nationals was kind of a weird one. It rained the entire time. Um, You know, you can't win every single game. And while you'd love to get the sweep, especially against a team as bad as the Nationals, sweeping, anyone on the road is tough. Uh, And there were encouraging signs in that game. Anyway, Michaelis was fantastic. I'm pulling up his numbers right now to just get them correct. Um, But real quick, uh, he was awesome. Michaelis went seven strong, um, you know, only gave up two runs, which was really good. One of those was the CJ Abrams solo home run. And then there was a, yeah, Jamie Candelario RBI double. And then the Nats tacked on an insurance run late. And it's not like the Cardinals didn't have chances. They went over six with runners in scoring position, which was a little tough. Um, Arnato and Carlson and Newt Barr all left runners in scoring position, which was a shame. Um, but It was a really encouraging series and a really encouraging road trip. It was nice to see the Cardinals look competitive. They looked really good against the Nationals for most of that series, actually. Even with Jack's bad start in game one, all three of our starters went into the seventh. Uh, Monty was definitely the bright spot there. He went seven strong. I believe only gave up the one run. Yeah, only four hits, one run, six strikeouts. He was fantastic. Uh, And the offense really came together in what really seemed to be a statement 9-3 victory. Uh, over the Nationals and talented young Mackenzie Gore. So very encouraging series. If you're the Cardinals, what I've been saying, the most important thing right now is just winning ball games, And that's what they did on this road trip. They went four and two, kind of quieted everyone's fears a little bit, and they extended their sort of cautious hope uh, for at least another week.
1: Yeah, we're going to London now. And uh, as we saw in 2019, anything can happen in London. Uh, the Yankees and the Red Sox played two games. And they combined for 50 runs. Uh, if you saw the graphic of the London Stadium and the configuration of the outfield wall compared to Bush Stadium and Wrigley Field, I think on average the wall was at least 15 feet closer to home plate. Um, so it's not great. The Yankees in 2019 uh, won 17 to 13 in game one and then won 12 to eight in game two. There were, let's see, four four innings in the first game uh, that were six runs, two for each team. And then the Yankees had a nine-run outburst in one inning into seven. So things can get really crazy here. Uh, Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty going.
0: Uh-oh.
1: Two guys that give up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Some fly balls. I don't know. I prefer to see Montgomery and Michaelis, who who keep yeah. it on the ground a little bit more. But I don't know. Things could get ugly in London. What do you think is going to happen, Sandy?
0: Yeah, I noticed. So the Cubs have gotten their best two pitchers in here. They're taking advantage of the off days and kind of reconfiguring their rotation to have a competitive advantage. I'm a little surprised the Cardinals didn't do the same. Um, I figured Montgomery might be available for the second game. Uh, Definitely surprising to not see him getting a shot here. So I guess the Cardinals are confident in rolling with Waino. <clears throat> again, I'm not going to say that it's wrong. You know, Waino deserves the chance to pitch in big spots. He's been a Cardinal for 20 years. But at the same time, is he the guy I want when the wall is even shorter? Like, you know, he has trouble keeping the ball inside a Bush Stadium these days. I'm not sure how his – he needs to have his stuff, you know. If Wayno hangs a curveball, it's probably going to get punished. And there are some Cubs that can hit for power too. Ian Happ in particular is going to be someone to watch. And Christopher Morell, who's been on a power binge since getting called back up. Um, So those are going to be some guys to watch. There's also rumors that these showcase events have juiced balls. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I think it could be a really, really fun series. I'm hoping for a lot of offense from the Cardinals. And I think if it becomes a slugfest, I like our offense better. Stroman and Steele are really tough. um, But, you know, if this is kind of an all out scoring environment, I do think the Cardinals can outscore the Cubs in a slugfest. I'd love to see us take both games. That'd be ideal.
1: I mean, Paul DeYoung has hit his fair share of, of fly balls to the warning track at Bush Stadium. And I think those have a have a much b- better chance of going off the wall or leaving um at London Stadium, which is primarily a soccer stadium for West Ham United. So um it's a it's a weird looking ballpark if you take a look at it. Um the foul territory looks like Oakland. Um it's like a square of a stadium. It's it's not ideal. It it's a much nicer facility than Oakland. I'll I'll give them that, but
0: um sure hope so. It's
1: it's a little weird. Definitely different different than what we're used to.
0: Mm. Well, hopefully the Cardinals can have sort of a statement series on a big stage. The Cardinals got back to 12 under 500 at the end of this little road trip, which is not great. um, But it's been worse, you know. (laughs) So there is that. Um, Unfortunately, the story of the Central right now is the Reds. And I, I don't think we could do this episode without mentioning them. The Reds won their 11th in a row yesterday. And while these games aren't exactly convincing, uh, they're winning a lot of close ones against a lot of bad teams. See Colorado, they're getting it done. And they're getting it done. And now Joey Votto's returned and Ellie De La Cruz is getting a lot of hype. So I don't know. I, I guess I just have to ask, do you think the Reds are for real?
1: The Reds are certainly scary. I think everything's clicking right now for them. They still have a negative 14 run differential and yeah. their five games are 500. That's worse than the Cardinals run differential, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. They've won 11 in a row, though, um, and that's pretty, that's pretty <laughs> telling. Sure, you can say they've played bad teams, but they also swept Houston. So yeah, um, they've they've beaten some good teams, too. They're going to play the Braves. I think that'll be a real test. The Braves have been a lot better than the Astros this season, and we'll see how they fare against that uh, really good lineup and really good staff. Um, but yeah, Ellie De-, De La Cruz has been, I don't know, overhyped a little bit, maybe. Um, I think you'll fall back down to earth just a little bit, uh, in the coming weeks. I know I might get some flack for saying that, but, um, MLB seems to really love him. Everyone is kind of talking about him. I have friends who are not that plugged into baseball asking me about Ellie De La Cruz. And I'm just like, I don't know. Have you heard of this this guy called Jordan Walker, who's who's doing pretty much the same thing in a Cardinal uniform? I know you really want to hit on that, so I'll pass it yeah, to you. Yeah, I'd
0: love to. Um, what Jordan Walker's done since getting called back up has been nothing short of fantastic. Um, he's, he's been incredible. He put together his second hitting streak longer than 12 games. I believe it stands at 13 now, which as a rookie is unheard of. Um, He's doing things that guys in their late twenties and early thirties often can't do. He's also starting to elevate the ball a bit more. He's taking a lot more walks. He's more selective. So Jordan Walker is clearly adjusted. Now will the league adjust back and end this hot streak at some point? It's very, very likely, if not certain, but Walker's numbers, at least under the surface are a lot better than Ellie's. Um, and, And so that's why it's a little weird to me that Ellie gets all this hype. Sure. I mean, he hits the ball hard, but Walker hits it harder. You know, Ellie's fast. That's exciting. Whatever. Um, Ellie also strikes out at like a 45% rate. Okay. So yeah, I just, it's kind of a shame. I know he's very exciting and I shouldn't be so skeptical. I should just enjoy him and enjoy the baseball, um, because he is fun to watch and it's, it's cool when he, you know, slides headfirst, um, on an infield single and and beats the, beats the pitcher to the bag. But at the same time, you know, I'm a little salty that Jordan Walker doesn't get the attention he deserves. This also transitions into what I think was a great decision the other day. Um, in the nine to three win to pull Jordan Walker in the, what was it the seventh inning? And I think this really shows what the Cardinals are going to do with him moving forward. Uh, so the situation was this Jordan Walker got pinch hit for, uh, for his fourth at bat, I believe in the middle of I believe it was a 7 to 1 lead at the time or something like something like that and Lars Nupar came in as a defensive replacement. And I do think this is mostly how the Cardinals are going to treat Jordan Walker moving forward. If you're the Cardinals and you need to win games right now, having Jordan Walker in the defense in in the outfield, having his defense is a liability. So you want to minimize the effects of that. So I've noticed the Cardinals playing him at DH a little bit which if you're above 500, you're probably not doing that, but right now the hole is so deep, you need to dig out. And so you can't have him in the outfield. So I actually do support them kind of just forgoing this as a developmental year for him in the outfield, getting his bat in the lineup, getting him at DH, especially while he's still hot. Um, And then if you fall out of the race, you know, if the Cardinals become true sellers, then yeah, play Jordan Walker in the outfield every day and get him all the reps he needs. But as long as there's any amount of hope, especially in a division like the NL central and a team like the Cardinals, that's only seven back of the Brewers who are kind of the team to beat in this division, in my opinion, still, I think it's fine. I think it's a great decision. So I was really happy to see that. And I hope that's what we see moving forward. I hope we see more Jordan Walker at DH and more defensive replacements in games that the Cardinals don't need his bat anymore. So I think that was a great decision by Ollie that went overlooked. And even a lot of Cardinals fans were against it, asking, what does Walker need to do to stay in the lineup? Well, play good defense for start. So I think that's a great decision. So I just wanted to say that I think that's the way they're going to be treating him for at least the next month or so until the deadline.
1: Yeah, Jordan Walker is definitely a top three hitter on this team. He is hitting 303 with a 132 OPS plus, 850 OPS. However, if you look at baseball Reference, his war is negative 0.3. So someone hitting like that, it's pretty telling how bad their defense is if they have a negative war. And it's its quite a bit negative, um, not just like negative 0.1. Negative 0.3 is pretty bad uh, for war. That means um, in terms of his entire package, he is – negative 0.3 wins less than an average triple a player. An average triple a hitter is not hitting three Oh three with an eight hundred fifty OPS in the big leagues. That just means his defense is terrible. Um, and yeah, I think sticking him at DH is going to be really good. Um, if we're going to try to win games, obviously you want him to develop into that outfielder. Yeah. I was saying last week with the potential goldschmidt trades that we could move Walker to first base if he goes, but, (laughs) um, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if, if I still want to do that after some of the comments that we got. Um, I don't know. Maybe brought me back. I will to say anyway.
0: moving Walker to first base would waste his arm, his speed, and his athleticism. And I do think that projects to being a really good outfielder at some point in the future. Just not yet because he doesn't have the experience. He transitioned to the outfield at the end of last season after playing in the infield his whole life. So it's going to take some time.
1: Speaking of uh, players that haven't been playing the outfield for very long, I want to pose a question um, and ask, with Lars Neupahr back in this lineup, do you think Tommy Edmund should still be in the outfield every
0: day? As long as Paul DeYoung's bat warrants time, yes. Because if you're the Cardinals and you can get Paul DeYoung to be a slightly above average hitter and play premium defense, then I'm fine with sticking him at shortstop every day. It is tough because he doesn't always give you productive at-bats, He's not one to to move the runner over. He's not one to take walks. I wish he was Paul to walk more often, but a lot of times it's quick strikeouts. Uh, And then he runs into a couple home runs, but he's been running into home runs at a high enough rate this year to justify playing him. He also has some trade appeal at this point, I think. So the Cardinals are going to continue to trot him out unless they become sellers. So I'm okay with that. I also think edmund has been good enough in the outfield to stay out there. He's been a premium fielder. Now his arm leaves something to be desired. Uh, And at some point in time, as long as Edmund's still part of this team, if he's not moved in some sort of pitching deal, uh, such as the cease deal first presented by Jeff Jones, and then later, you know, we kind of hopped on that. As long as that doesn't happen, then yes, I would like to see Edmund transition back to the middle infield. Do you kind of agree with that?
1: Yeah, I think Edmund's been good in the outfield. I just don't know if it should be in center, because Carlson and Newbar both have very Mm -hmm. strong arms. We've seen them throw runners out. And I think center might be a little bit too demanding for him. Maybe sticking him in left field would be best. I think left fielders in general don't need as strong of arms because that throw to third is is a lot uh, closer. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, defensively he's looked really good. Um, I just question whether or not he should be playing center field every
0: day. Yeah, I think the reason he plays center is because of his speed. I mean, we've seen Edmund track down some balls that I'm like, hey, I don't know if – I don't know if D.C. was going to get that. Um, so he's been, he's been a lot of fun to watch out there. definitely puts his body on the line in the outfield. Uh, but you're right. His arm doesn't play. And so that's why you hope at some point he's back in the infield because he is an infielder. You know, I I don't want to have infielders in the outfield. That is not the goal. And moving forward, I really hope that's not what this team looks like, but right now I think it's an okay decision. You know, I understand where it's coming from. Um, and also if Paul, the young slumps hard because he's been known to do that at times, then yeah, get his bat out of the lineup, get Edmund back into the middle infield. Um, And then you can continue to go with Newt Barr, Carlson, and Walker. And if O'Neal returns at some point, I heard he's resuming baseball activities soon, uh, got an injection in his back. Um, We'll have to talk to to Jeff and figure out how he's doing. Jeff always has the good injury updates. Um, But apparently he's progressing well. So if he's back, then you can roll with your original outfielders. And you don't have to get Walker's glove in the outfield. He can sort of be your DH. Um, but yeah, you know, as long as De Young is worth sticking in the lineup, then I understand the decision to play Edmund in the outfield.
1: I didn't understand the decision to have De Young um in the in the lineup against Mackenzie Gore because DeYoung does not hit lefties. I don't know why Ali continues mm-hmm. to insist playing the lefty right at matchup, even though it doesn't work with De Young. Young's yeah. a reverse blitz guy. Uh, he always has been. And I really wish that they would have stuck admin at the short, Newt Bar in center, and that probably – I mean, we won the game anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But yeah, by principle, I think that would have been a better lineup to have.
0: For sure. I kind of wonder if Newt Bar was not available to start because it definitely was puzzling to not see him up there. Um, He hits lefties pretty well, and you know, I figured he'd be in the lineup. He came in late, um, but I think him coming off the IL, maybe they just said, hey, we'll give you this day off. Um, not even a true day off, but we won't make you start. We don't want you out there all game long. Um, I was glad he was the first one off the bench for sure. Uh, but yeah, I I think maybe he wasn't available to start. That would sort of explain it to me. Um, but if that's not true, then yeah, a bit of a baffling decision by Ali. So Andrew, what's the outlook for you on this team moving forward? Do you think the season is pretty much going to be decided in the next couple of weeks based on how they play?
1: I will not buy back in until we are within like two games of a postseason spot. And I think we might have to hold a postseason spot for me to buy back in because this team has not really given me any reason to give them hope. Like, obviously, the talent is there. Jordan Walker is exciting, as we talked about. Nolan Gorman's been slumping a little bit, but I believe that he'll be right back on track after a couple days off, all-star break, whatnot. We don't really need Nolan Gorman right now. The the lineup has been pretty good with Walker holding down that spot anyway. Mm. But – Until we show that we can put it all together, win the easy games, we really should have swapped Washington. I think we should have swapped the Mets because we dropped the easy game against McGill. Until we show that we can win the easy games, play fundamentally sound baseball, not make silly mistakes, which we kind of haven't in the last week, but I need to see more of that until I see Mm -hmm. this team start to put it together more and be not 12 games under 500. There is that. Maybe like three or four. Like, yeah. I said before that the Cardinals were seven games ahead of the Brewers at the end of the season last year, and made up a lot of games post trade deadline. But that was a team that was hovering around 500. We're not 12 games under 500. The Cardinals have never been 12 games under 500 in my lifetime. So, right now. <laughs> yeah, except for right now. So, it's a completely different outlook that we need to have um, right now. Sure, we're not that far back, but we haven't shown the ability to make up that many games yet. And until we are, I I think I'll set it now. I'll say until we're at least within two games of a playoff spot, I will not buy back in to, to this team's ability to win. How about you?
0: In my opinion, if the Cardinals are within five games of Milwaukee at the deadline, it's worth augmenting the team. Because I think we're a better team than Milwaukee already. Milwaukee obviously has been incredibly lucky this season to be where they are. Their run differential is far worse. Uh, Their bullpen FIP, 28th. Their rotation FIP, 23rd. Their WRC Plus as a team, 26th. Those numbers for the Cardinals, at least, entering the other day when I saw them, the Cardinals offense ranked 11th uh, in WRC Plus. Our bullpen ranked 5th. And this was before Jordan Hicks' run of dominance, okay? Okay. Uh, the Cardinals' rotation was a top 15 rotation by FIP. The Cardinals are still doing a lot of things right. And I think if you can augment the team in ways that'll help the future, such as acquiring one of Bieber or Cease, someone with control, I think it's worth doing now, especially because I think if you let those guys go, they won't be available in the offseason. I think Bieber will get moved at this deadline. Cease, maybe not. And he might be cheaper and better to get in the offseason. But I think Bieber is going to get moved. And so if you're going to be the team that acquires him, you have to do it now. Whether you think you can win this year or not, he's on your roster next year, and he counts for that rotation too. So I think if you're within five games, go for it. Um, I'm not afraid of the Reds right now. I'm not afraid of the Reds until August. If the Reds are still hanging around a month and a half from now, looking really, really good, then I will definitely put a lot of stock in that team. Um, But we've seen them start strong and fail before. I mean, heck, two weeks ago before the pirates lost 10 in a row, we were all talking about how Pittsburgh was the class of the division and clearly they're not anymore. So the reds are one losing streak away from being an irrelevant afterthought in this division. And they were an irrelevant afterthought right before this long win streak. Um, I think the reds are a lot more like the team. They were for the first 55 games of the season than they are for the team right now, or the first 60 plus than they are right now. So I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I think the Cardinals, if they can close, because they're seven and a half behind the Brewers right now. If you can get that number down to four and a half or four, yeah, go for it. You know, don't trade Hicks at that point, who I think could fetch a solid price. Don't trade Flaherty and Montgomery. Like, go for it. Try to win. Um, if it's clear the Cardinals can't win, then yeah, I won't buy in. And I hope they, you know, make some solid trades.
1: Um, I think you failed to mention the other team that we're playing uh this weekend. The Cubs are 8 and 2 in the last 10. I don't know. Um uh, I think the Cubs fans on TikTok will get mad if you don't if you don't at least address them a little bit. Oh,
0: well where where to start? I think the Cubs have proven I mean yeah, they're playing good ball right now. Um but the Cubs have not been very relevant in this division this year. Sure, they're ahead of the Cardinals right now, and they're ahead of the Cardinals by a good bit. But again, they didn't enter the season with the same expectations as the Cardinals. I think their roster is less talented than the Cardinals. Um, And, you know, I don't really see a scenario in which the Cubs aren't sellers. They have a lot of seller-looking contracts. I think Bellinger's probably going to get traded. Um, You know, I think Boxberger's probably going to get dealt. Talion can't get dealt because that contract sucks. (laughs) Um, But it's going to be interesting moving forward. Obviously the Cubs could play their way uh, into the race. I mean, it's wide open. No one's really taken it away yet. Although Cincinnati's trying awfully hard, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not that afraid of the Cubs, frankly. Yeah. This might be another classic example of the Cardinals getting a team when they're hot. You know, we started the Reds 11 game win streak. We were in the middle of the Giants 10 game win streak, um, which just finally ended. Thank goodness. Uh, And yeah, maybe we'll have to play the Cubs when they're hottest. So I just, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, that's all I have to say for the Cubs. I don't think they're that interesting this season, frankly. So they, they don't look like the team that's probably going to be there competing in a few years anyway. There's so many stopgap pieces here. Um, there's a couple pieces that will be part of the next contender like Swanson and some of these younger guys like Horner and Steele. But, you know, the Cubs don't have the look of a team that's built to go win a championship or anything.
1: I'm just glad Kyle Hendricks pitched yesterday, and we don't have to face him in London. Oh,
0: thank goodness! I hate facing Kyle Hendricks more than anything in the world because he's gonna every time he faces the Cardinals, you know he's gonna throw like an 86 pitch Maddox. You know, it's like, and it's gonna be 80 percent changeups, and not a single one of them is gonna go anywhere. It's just the way he goes. It's just the way it is against the Cardinals. Um, but yeah, it's definitely unfortunate that we have to face Stroman and Steele. So I don't know. Is, is Stroman still the ERA leader in the National League? Yeah, I think so. He's Mike been, been really, really good. Mike Leak,
1: 2016.
0: That's all I have to say about that. Or was that 2017 that Leak was a god for like three months?
1: I don't know, but I remember that he immediately started scuffling and then we traded him to the Mariners never to be seen again.
0: It was a great deal. I don't know how we got out from under that contract. That's like the biggest contract the Cardinals had given out besides Matt Holiday at that point in time. Unreal. It was bigger than the Hayward deal. It's like five years, $80 million. And they traded him so early on. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much all there is to talk about right now with the Cardinals. We're in a holding pattern. Um, A bit of good play this weekend, sort of buoyed some hopes, uh, got people to start thinking about buying back in again. They don't play today. They don't play tomorrow. And then they'll have another off day after this two game set in London. So a lot of time to watch other teams and hope that they lose. You know, I mean, if the Cardinals take these games and the Brewers, you know, they they have they don't have the easiest series coming up over the weekend, uh, I believe. Who are they playing? Uh, I checked this, really this They're show. playing the
1: Guardians.
0: Yes, that's it. And they have to face Bieber. Um, they're not going to avoid the Guardians' aces. So, you know, the Brewers aren't going to have the easiest series. We saw the Guardians take two or three from the Cardinals, and I believe the series against the Brewers is in Cleveland, correct? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean – they could very easily drop two or three of those games. And if the Cardinals win a couple and then don't play and the Brewers continue to lose, we could get within, you know, five and a half or six games by the end of this set. So that's kind of the hope right now for the Cardinals win your own ball games and hope other ones go your way. All right. Thank you everyone for tuning into this episode of Newt news. Please be sure to like comment, subscribe, share us with your friends, and then also check out our website, Um, look at our merch. Andrew's designed some awesome stuff that we'd love to see you guys rocking at the ballpark sometime. But yeah, thanks again, everyone for tuning in. We hope to see you guys real soon. And we hope to be recapping another week of winning baseball.